0: time ago, in a galaxy far, far away.
1: I'm Ryan Shaw, and this is my Star Wars story. In
0: 1977, the world changed. The film industry was transformed. The popular culture rocked. And young minds forever altered. Star Wars arrived, and nothing would ever be the same again. Though everyone wasn't affected in the same way, everyone was affected. This is my Star Wars Story. When did you first hear about Star Wars? I heard nothing about Star Wars it was I heard
1: nothing about Star Wars I don't have no memories before of going to the I was not the type of child like you that looked into things or looked forward to things I heard I knew nothing about Raiders before it came out I remember seeing an uh, an ad on the uh, TV I was like Han Solo is doing I thought it was going to be a bad movie
0: Hmm. I didn't
1: want to see it because he wasn't Han Solo but uh ago um no, nothing until I saw it. And then when I saw it, that that was the be-all end-all.
0: In your memory, you have no real recollection until the point at which you're in the theater seeing it.
1: Yes, yes. It was not a movie theater we usually went to. We went friends with my parents, and um, they showed a cartoon before the movie. Only movie I ever saw, because I'm sure at that point they were marketing just as a kid's movie.
0: So this was a theater you'd never been to before?
1: Uh, it wasn't our theater. I can't say as I've never been to it before, but it wasn't, you know, as a kid you had your regular theater you went to. But this was not our, it was in the, uh, we lived in North Miami, this was in Coral Gables. And it was an older theater, I remember. Uh, kind of the old-timey movie house kind of thing. So the whole, the whole, the whole experience was kind of different and special. It, it, it And then the only other mem- memories of that beforehand was uh, after directly after we went to a pizza joint and I, and Darren does not remember my brother doesn't remember this at all but we were outside waiting for a table or something and he and I were doing the scene where uh, R2 is shot by the Jawas right after the movie I mean so if you want to talk
0: you guys were acting it out Yeah. right there
1: yeah right after the movie I mean literally right after the movie why we weren't doing a, a lightsaber fight? I have no idea. Because the
0: thing with R two isn't that interesting.
1: No, it's kind of.
0: I kind of think though that all of it was that interesting because we've never seen any of it.
1: No, we've never seen anything like it.
0: So this was a theater you'd never been to before that you recall. You never went back. You don't remember that. I don't theater remember yet. going back
1: to that theater again. It's
0: just kind of a theater of the mind when you think about it. Could have been in your mind. Could have been
1: place me in a little cocoon, and that's how I saw Star Wars.
0: We know that. Obviously, you were playing afterwards. You were playing scenes out. What was the initial effect on you? I mean, what is your brain? What's going through your brain as you see this the first time?
1: I I, I can't tell you what my I, I I really I really can. Do you not remember
0: anything about the actual screening? No, I don't. I don't. I remember
1: events around it. I don't remember, and I don't remember how many times I saw it afterwards. Hmm. I'm sure I saw it again in the theaters. Uh, you know, the earliest memories are of getting the storybook, getting the paperback book and go, I remember kind of being in a uh, parking lot at a car wash and looking through that book and seeing uh, and seeing bigs. Isn't there a book like that that has?
0: Yeah, in the storybook.
1: Yeah, I don't know if this is even the storybook because it was more the the novelization, the novelization with pictures had, in the
0: middle. It had a photo insert. Yeah. Okay,
1: okay. So that's what that was, and I, I was like, I don't remember this. It was, it was, it was the first. It was the first realization that probably that this, you know, after repeated watching, this movie has so many layers, you know, mm-hmm. and. It was a lived-in world, and there were more things that went on. I, I had I have no idea what how I contextualized that uh, that inset and scene, Bigs. But I just remember I didn't see it, and that remember the close-up photo of uh, it was a it was a publicity still of the do-back. Mm-hmm. and uh, I don't even think I, I wouldn't have at that moment had any realization that Kenner was making one, and uh, I was thinking you know because when we saw it in the movie you only saw it kind of Way in the background back there, yeah. and then static just sitting there that you you know you really would have had
0: to have been paying attention more than once to see it what was your thing before Star Wars what was what was it that, that you well my whole
1: thing is the toys everything was toys I loved toys still do and um, my thing was Fisher Price Adventure Boy. That was my thing. I love those things. And they even overlapped with Star Wars, which was kind of strange because... uh, Because of the scale? No, no. Uh, Yeah, because of... No, no, I wouldn't say they... I I never mixed the two. I never mixed lines. Strictly a kid. Strictly, if I was playing Star Wars, I was playing Star Wars. If I was playing Indiana Jones, I was playing Indiana Jones. Uh, No, they were... they, They didn't... Go out of fashion, and I
0: still wanted them after you know getting. Although Star Wars was the main thing, there was no Star Trek. There was no Batman. That was just it. Was just no. toys. Yeah, yeah.
1: And, but keep in mind, I was six when I saw it, mm-hmm. so I can't I can't have too many. Uh, you know, if I had to say something, Scooby Doo was my thing. I dug
0: Scooby Doo. Now, one of our normal questions is, how did your friends respond to it? But your brother is is very close in age to you so I think probably we need to talk about how your brother responded to it
1: yeah yeah and we may have him on this although he says that he doesn't have much to uh, say Um, more of it was uh, you know we would act it out I just I would love to see myself or some other kid our age at that point in that point in time because I had to have been an insufferable. Any adult, anyone I came across, I was probably just... Have you seen the Star Wars? I like Han hey, Solo. I just had to be, uh, you know, just beyond a little dweeb about it. But it was, it was literally all-encompassing.
0: How, how did your friends take to Star Wars?
1: Everybody took to Star Wars. You know, uh, one of my old friends who moved down the street a little later... Um, there was the, the, the neighborhood dad kid, Mark Ramey, who was an only child and, uh, of a divorced family, uh, which was actually a little rare back then. And um, he, had, he had anything he wanted. We didn't have anything we wanted. Most of the things that, uh, if we saw it first, saw it through him. He'd, you know, the car would pull up. He'd come running out with a land speeder. He'd come running out with it. But, you know, the, the play pattern always went to his house. And that, the yard they had basically covered the whole, except for one part of our, once a year my dad would get um, sand delivered to the house to spread over our lawn. Your dad brought Tatooine to the house. He brought Tatooine to the house. And I don't know how many figures he had ladled out into the yard by, <laughs> or guns, probably guns more. Mm-hmm. he
0: probably still go back and find uh, guns. So, so the neighborhood kids were all into it. I guess you went to school, you're around first grade at this time.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it, I'd love to talk to uh, teachers of that era, <laughs> you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, just wonder what they took away from kids.
0: See if they if they could get anything done because
1: of it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe try and incorporate it somehow. Uh, biggest Star Wars memory I have of um, elementary school is um, it's probably '79, uh, the Christmas exchange, and uh, one of the kids in there brought in a. Everybody else is bringing in garbage, and one kid brought in for the Secret Santa thing. He brought in a Snaggletooth on the card and I was like oh, I wanted that so bad even though I already had a snack of
0: two yeah. I still wanted it so bad I didn't end up with it was that that was pretty much the thing was there anything else that was that was your thing storybooks where I could but if I if
1: I got any money it was going towards the uh toys oh and uh trading cards
0: hmm okay let's Bigger talk about trading cards um were, were you able to ever get a complete set? I mean, was that a quest for you to get a complete set? Did yeah, you pay complete attention set. to that? Yeah. There's no way you can. When there were a lot of series, though. No,
1: you're talking a complete run of the whole series. Mm-hmm. How many series were there for Star Wars alone? Five series? I, I think, think so. Were, uh, you should get those at a uh, five and dot. Actually, right down the street from... Uh, did you have Five and Dimes in town? got okay. literal wait, Five and Dimes. We
0: Crest. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Warworth is a Five and Dime.
1: Yeah. Because, I mean, we grew up in the early 70s, and there were still vestiges of, you know, the yeah, 60s we had Crest, and 50s. Downtown. And I remember going to uh, Gulf Five and Dime on 7th Avenue, mm-hmm. and uh, I can tell you where I was standing in the store. And they had uh, kind of a dump bin of Star Wars figures. Not a lot. Um, and there was a Jawa in there, and he had a plastic cape. And I remember that there was another Jawa that had a cloth cape. And I thought I was being the wise consumer by going with the cloth cape. Sure. Looks looks more expensive. Looks yeah. more valuable. Which wouldn't have mattered, because only one of my figures from childhood you know, survived everything.
0: So maybe it's better to have never gotten the vinyl cape Jawa than to regret that you ruined it. Yeah, yeah. Plus, I don't—I don't remember anyone
1: else as a kid having a vinyl kid Jawa, or I don't remember anyone ever having a, a blue Snaggletooth. Hmm. Didn't see those until
0: I was an adult and started collecting. Hmm. Now, toys being your thing, it was a long time Porny toys came out. I mean, it was a long time. Was. Since toys were kind of already your thing before Star Wars, was that immediately you started wanting to, a toy for this? And did you? What did you do in the meantime?
1: You're 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 assuming too many things on me. As a kid, I was just a kid that was. I didn't really think I had There was no real thought ahead until I sent away from my Boba Fett, mm-hmm. and then it was. When is it going to get here? When is it going to get here? When is it going to get here? And, uh, I, can't, I don't have any rem- memories of anticipating Star Wars toys. Mm. Um, and I think... I think, it, I think it may have been
0: Mark Rainey who had the first Star Wars toys in the neighborhood. So you saw the movie, you played it, you were obsessed with it, but you didn't really make the connection that they could make toys.
1: No, I probably did. I'm just saying I don't have any, you know, direct memory of that. Mm. Um... I remember the first figure I got was a... Uh, and which is strange because it was probably pretty far in the line. I can't say that this was exactly the first figure I got. This is the first one I remember getting. Um, you know, there was the first 12, but there really wasn't the first 12. There was the first 9. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there would have been releases of figures before this, but I'm sure, I'm sure you couldn't have found them in the store. Because they were they were so hot um, but I got a, a Tuscan Raider I'd gone to a friend's birthday party and I think my mom took uh, my brother and sister off uh, shopping while I was at this birthday party and we come back and Darren says oh we got Star Wars figures I think he got a Vader and I think I, I know I got a uh, Tuscan Raider
0: now, when you say there were the first nine of the first twelve, they put nine out first. Tuscan Raider wasn't part of that first nine, right? No, that's why I said. Because it was a while before I got him as well, before yeah. I found him. It was hard to find him and the Jawa. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, it was, it was... I'm sure that first one's just... They couldn't keep them on the shelves.
0: There was merchandise. By the time it finally kicked in, there was stuff everywhere. Everywhere. What, besides just the nature of it being a toy... What made merchandise stand out to you and make you want it?
1: For one thing, if we're talking about basic merchandising, most of the... And Lucas had a very wise idea. Everything, Almost everything they seemed to do back then was... It was a quality product. And it was unified. That was probably one of the first merchandising lines, merchandising lines that was completely unified. It was, you know, you had that Star Wars font. You had the, the Star Wars star field that, you know, and Kenner, brilliant idea of putting the racetrack around everything. Because mm-hmm. you knew it was a Kenner
0: product, you knew it was a Star Wars product. Speaking, of, let's go back to that really quickly. The, um, and that's kind of what bugs me now. What's that? That they don't have that unified look to everything.
1: Yeah, and I think things are becoming a little too. It's kind of the way it's kind of the way Disney stuff was back in the day. You actually, although you could get Star Wars stuff everywhere, you knew it was coming from. It was basically coming from Star Wars. You know, uh, now you can go into any store and get. Disney stuff. The park is overwhelmed with merchandising, um, and uh, you know Star Wars. There's so many companies doing Star Wars now, and there's I mean, now that Disney has opened up the doors, that you know the strangest thing probably ever is happening. There's Mattel Star Wars product now, which is strange.
0: So you said you weren't anticipating the toys. Well, we're, we're talking the very early stuff. Yeah, but surely you got excited about the prospect of the toys because surely you had what happened to me, which was kids would show up at church or at school and say, hey, I saw they have Star Wars toys at Gibson's or whatever. Well, mm-hmm. there was always the kid who actually had the toy on, well, the, no. on the playground. and No, I'm talking about before there were toys, though, uh, in that period of waiting for them. There were knockoffs. And I would always get excited when somebody told me they saw Star Wars toys and I'd go looking for them and they would be the knockoffs. What knockoffs? Oh, there was... I, I don't even remember what they were called no, now. No, you got to do better than that for me. Because, I mean, even
1: bootleg, even bootleg Star Wars stuff is interesting. Uh, well, it always frustrated me because know, the, it wasn't they, real Star Wars. Yeah. So. The, the, the thing that would really get you is when you're going through the dime store or something and they had uh, the laser sword. That's yeah. the only thing I can really remember bootleg. Uh, oh, really? Uh, yeah, because there weren't really any action figure representations before. Kenner, Because Kenner probably, probably would have shut them down. Badly.
0: No, before Star Wars, before, I'm going to have to look it up, I guess. But yeah, before they came out, they had, the there only were thing, people who did figures that were... Well,
1: Rockliffe did those. Uh, there was
0: one that was, the guy was almost Darth Vader.
1: You mean the Tomlins? Sp- Star Raiders,
0: Mighty Boom, Mighty yeah, Bam.
1: yeah, yeah. Tomlin Star Raiders. I don't know if they came out before Star Wars stuff, and but they could have. You know how long it took. You know, mm-hmm. Kenner was behind the uh, famously selling the envelope,
0: <coughs> um, the empty envelope, and it may be that... That, it, that they came out between the envelope and the actual figures in the story it could
1: have because it would have taken nothing for them to get those into production because they just used basic head molds
0: and and you that may be what set me off why you know because I was talking about having anticipated it mm-hmm. and that may have been the envelope set me off do you remember then. seeing the envelope mhm oh no mhm I know. Oh, yeah. I remember begging for it I have a big oh your mother would never let you no she wouldn't because there was nothing in it yeah She said it was $10, I guess.
1: There was a promise in it.
0: Yeah, and she wasn't wasn't going to pay $10 for an empty envelope, basically. And
1: how would she have uh, expressed that?
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, not my show.
1: Um, I do remember going to a, uh, you know, there were things like Lionel Play World. There weren't Toys R Us' on the East Coast yet. There were the big toy stores, and then there were smaller independent toy stores. They were still around. And I remember seeing the 12-inch figures at, and that's the only place I remember, I'm sure they were in the other stores, but that's the only place I remember seeing them. Mm. And uh, thinking how cool they were, and asking my mom, and her basically saying, no, I'm not starting over on a new Star Wars thing. So, Mm -hmm. and I remember walking into a Sears uh, early 80s, this is after Empire, and seeing the micro collection, and begging, and getting,
0: no, we're not starting another yeah, you know it's funny when I saw the micro collection I had no desire I did I had no desire because they weren't I
1: liked, uh I liked army men Now yeah, I can remember being very excited about uh, Empire stuff coming out um, just because everything was already
0: set in gear
1: and ready <laughs> to go
0: how did Empire when it came out how'd that affect your fandom
1: just amped it up. Uh, although I remember having problems with it when I was a kid. And
0: with the movie? Well, talk about the anticipation.
1: Yeah. It, it, no, it's just strange what I, what I didn't... Well, the only thing about anticipation, you know, I had to go... You know, the thing is, I can guarantee you I didn't see Star Wars when it first came out, probably for the first couple of months because there were lines. My mother would never sit through lines to see any movie. I didn't see Star Wars when it... I didn't see Empire when it first came out. We've been standing lines. I can remember my friend Michael Beck ruining the secret for me hmm. on the playground at school, and but it didn't ruin it for me because I told him he was full of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't believe him. The, the strange things that uh, bugged me about that is, I thought Chewbacca was too skinny. I didn't. I, I thought Chewie looked sickly compared to Star Wars. I don't know, and he, and he does. He, he, especially when he was on top of the Falcon, repairing it, and he waves his arms up in the air. And they're so thin, and, and you can see the. It, that bugged me, and Han Solo's haircut bugged me. I don't know why, but you know, uh, it just you know it just amped up. It, it was Star Wars was basically the roller coaster of my childhood. Okay. You know it was the and it was it was the no no I take that back it was the and help me with this it was the Aerosmith rock and roller coaster of our childhood <laughs> yeah because there was no incline there was no click 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 it was straight out the gate
0: yeah
1: <laughs> and then it was you know you took that ride you were enjoying it the whole time and then another movie came out click click
0: click 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 ride and then another movie's coming out. Click, click, click. Empire to Jedi. What was the feeling? What was the? I mean, were you just were you just relishing in it? I mean, what was fully? You know, fully wrapped up in it. Uh, you know, uh,
1: always drawing Star Wars stuff. Always. I used to. Uh, did you do this? I would. I would get a sheet of paper. Mm-hmm. And this happened after Empire, but before it, it started with Star Wars, where I would do you know a whole Starfield. Yeah put a bunch of X-Wings on one side, a bunch of uh, TIE Fighters on the other, and then you got a different colored pencil, and you would shoot lasers
0: from one to the other, and they would take everybody out. I did do that. And I did that with Hoth, too. But, but I didn't do it with Star Wars ships. I did it with the ships I made up for my comic series. Okay. Which were a lot easier to draw Ooh. than Star Wars ships. <laughs> what could be easier to draw than a TIE Fighter? Uh, two different kinds of triangles, basically. <laughs> you are, not, you are a
1: very talented no, artist. <laughs> no, But always drawing. And and around the time of uh, return, uh, I wish my mom would have saved some of this. Because I remember there was a card. She had it for a few years and it got lost somewhere or something. It's like a Mother's Day card. And it was like, I love my mom because she buys me Star Wars toys and there's me, there's my mom, and me, and boy did I put so much detail into the whole Star Wars wall display that I'm pulling an R2-D2 off of. Um, and I remember around the, the, the time of Return of the Jedi, I did a, just kind of a fan fiction of a uh, of a indoor, uh trooper, Rebel Commando. And even as a kid, I was like, "That's a pretty good drawing." Apparently, it was such a good drawing that Darren copied it, and he still has it in his old uh, his old portfolio books or something like that. I'll have to ask him, to try yeah. and see
0: if he can hunt it out because he, he photocopied your drawing, or he didn't photocopied, he line copied.
1: Whole, he didn't line copy. We don't do that. He saw the picture and he did his version of it, oh, which okay. was basically another. It was. I can see mine in it. Jedi was eighty three, Yep. so the run up to it would have been eighty two.
0: Grade would I have been in? Uh, I was in se- I was in seventh when so it I came would have been out. Sixth last sixth year, sixth elementary when it came out.
1: Okay, so it was like a you know one of those school book fair things where Scholastic comes in and gives you a little paper thing and you file out what you want and then they have a little area. There was a preview poster for Empire for Return. And I remember seeing all the uh, all the things in it. You know. It would show a shot of Endor, a shot of them on the skiff, uh, a big sure. uh, faraway shot of the skiff. And it was so I was trying to put it together in my mind how these all work together.
0: A faraway shot of the skiff, not the not far- the epic Lando with the barada no, no, wrestling no, 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 no. for the guns. This is on the this is
1: a shot of Sarlacc Pit. Uh, I'll have to find that poster for you too, but You know, just the idea of how everything worked together. How this was going to be a Star Wars movie.
0: Um, (laughs) This is not for me to tell stories, but I have to do this. Starlog did an issue, and that was their first photos of Return of the Jedi. And they did a two-page fold-out of the Star Destroyer, the TIE Fighters, and the shuttle headed for the new Death Star. Mm -hmm. And it was gorgeous. How how did you piece that together? Beautiful. Honestly, when I saw that, I thought it was the original Death Star's remains. And one of the things I thought they would do ultimately is make Tarkin into a kind of a Vader. They'd find Tarkin's body in there, and he's barely alive. And they make it into a Vader. And They make him into a Vader. Yeah, see, that's
1: more clever, far more clever than not what I would have come up
0: with. Oh, that's—I thought that was the ruins of the original Death Star. and They were going to come back and you know and fix it back up. Yeah. But I remember we went on a field trip right after I got this, and I got this, and I brought this because I was so proud that I had a two-page picture from Return of the Jedi. And we went to Hoffwell Plantation for a field trip, and they brought us a lunch. And I didn't know but several of the girls in the class ate their lunch in the bus, whereas most of us ate it outdoors. Yeah. And they decided that they could sit and look through my book. And the lunch that they packed for us was fried chicken so by the time we got back on the bus and I see these girls with my magazine and I go what are you doing and I get it back and there's it is totally ruined chicken grease I'm just fingerprints all over the picture <laughs> and I could have shot them because that was $2.50 cents, two sixty with tax at the time
1: and what do you do at that point
0: nothing no. you just suck yeah. it up and you deal with it
1: know the unfairness of
0: childhood yeah
1: but they shut up um <laughs> tell you where who and what my first uh, you know I have more memories of Jedi stuff just because
0: because you're older yeah you're processing it more
1: yeah Uh, I remember going for one of my birthdays and uh, I think I got $50 that I could spend at Lionel Playworld Mm and I literally remember the wall full of figures and uh, one of the One of the ones I remember getting the most was, not because it was a great figure, Bib Fortuna. And I think I remember it most because of the the extremely strong smell of vinyl. I was probably sitting, driving home, huffing him the whole way. Um, But the first figure I got from that was, uh, I remember he had an actual store display, a cardboard store display in our Winn-Dixie, which is a grocery store and uh, go in there, and there's all the return. The return. I think it was a biker scout. Um. And you know, I could probably go back and look and see that biker scout wasn't in the first assortment. <laughs> be totally wrong on my memories, but uh, you know, if you go to a grocery store, you're going to pay a dollar maybe more. Oh yeah. Or Spencers, they oh also had
0: the real expensive ones.
1: God, I remember just begging oh please (laughs) and luckily I got it somehow I got it I don't know what I had you know maybe the uh, allowance was drained or something Mm. we had we would probably seen them somewhere or knew they were coming out and and we were going to a KB toy store in the Dayland Mall and I remember getting out of the car and walking in and Darren and I were talking about wouldn't it be cool if the Kenner truck drove by and a box dropped off and all the figures were in there it's just stupid kid (laughs) talk and then we go in there, and this was after the Twenty One came out. And I remember a wall, a literal wall, of uh, Twenty One bags. And uh, you know, the Cantina guys are my guys, and it was just you know, you probably could have heard like a frying sound when I'm sitting there looking at it because it's burning into my brain. I mean, just a little kid looking up at this wall is just.
0: And and you see in there the cantina guys, you don't know they're coming out. You get to the store no, and they're there. I knew they were coming oh, out okay, because okay. of the
1: little pamphlets. Manual, man, yeah, the little, yeah, little, band, little pamphlets. Um, you would covet those when they come out. Cause you oh, would just yeah. be like, I remember first seeing Java well, there.
0: And if you got the new one, like if the you latest bought yours, one. you got the latest one, you yeah. were the envy of the block.
1: I can remember going over like two or three blocks because this kid had the new return one that showed Java and the B- biker scout in it. Mm. And we were like, oh my god.
0: <laughs> and Biker Scout gunned—is that in there too, or is that it probably Lander? was? It probably right. was. Uh, um, so, Return of the Jedi happens. Did you did you know going into Return of the Jedi that it was just going to be it? Cause, yes Because as a kid, yeah. I felt—I mean, I knew when I read the adaptation before the movie came out, but before then, I thought they were just going to keep making these things forever.
1: No, no. They, 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 I think they pretty, made it pretty clear back then that this is it. This is this is, this is the end of Star Wars. And uh, I don't remember any kind of, you know, because I was still what's it called? I was still uh, very interested, but the, the interest started waning. You know, by the by the time you know the movie's been out for a little while, uh, I don't think I don't think um, Jedi Luke was in the first assortment. He may have been second, or maybe even third, but I think he was probably second assortment. I can remember finding him in a store when I was off with my dad somewhere, which was... I didn't go off with my dad alone, the two of us, too often. I'm not and, sure what that means. Uh, well, just because what's it? Dad was busy all the time. Mom took care of us. Um, and begging for this loot. He relented, but he said, you're getting too old for this crap. And I, I already remember I was already... Like, my uh, action figure buying was waning. And, well periodically waiting um, and uh, he said you're getting too old for this stuff and that was the last figure I got that was in a new Toys R Us too because Toys R Us had just come to the market
0: so it could have been the beginning of an era for you and instead it was, it was kind of the end was, of an era yeah um, at that point did your fandom just cool off yeah yeah. And, and you know, because other it wasn't started, toys it was other th- yeah.
1: I remember directly after Star Wars I got into comic books for a little while and then, you know, by the time Comics was over, Star Wars was, you know, for me, done. I can remember, yeah, I was I was known, I'm, I'm sure I was known as a Star Wars kid because a friend of my brother's, uh, when one of the Ewok specials came on TV, he deliberately he called our house, wanted to talk to me. He never talked to me. And I pick up the phone, I was like, yeah? And he's like, hey, there's a Star Wars movie coming on TV. And I was like, the Star Wars movie? He's like, no, something about... And I remember thinking,
0: I don't care. <laughs> Star Wars is when kids stop. Really, yeah, you, remember, you had that attitude. I you? remember thinking that. This is by '85. You're talking about probably, probably. If if I stopped buying, because Luke probably
1: came out in '83, Jedi Luke. So I was it was probably came out while the movie was still you know in theaters or maybe near the end of its run. But I you know I was like still watch the thing but uh, I just thought it was strange that you know he called me to let me know
0: were there were there times when you found yourself picked on for being a Star Wars fan not the least as
1: as an adult there were jokes aside you know my brother-in-law he thinks it's hilarious that what to call my brother and I find not so much anymore but when you know a few years ago when we were buying toys. I thought it was absolutely ridiculous. And what's it called? You don't think I cared? No. <laughs> it How was do- only the it was only the the part of getting back into buying toys and going in. You know, for the first few times, you go into a toy store as a twenty-something year old, and uh, you have that strange feeling. It's like I'm not here to take any kids or anything. I just want to see what they got the new. <laughs> Death Star Trooper.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, but just knowing what's supposed to be on the truck is probably bad enough. Yeah,
1: yeah. And knowing to be there on a Tuesday or a Thursday morning yeah. around 11, 11.30.
0: <laughs> now, how, how did your family react to your Star Wars? As a kid, how did your family react to your Star Wars? Fans?
1: They had no choice, but
0: uh,
1: I don't remember there really being any reaction. Hmm. It was That was the thing.
0: Because, see, see, with me, it, you know, it was Star Wars and KISS. And yeah. it was both of them, and they both kind of sat on that same plane.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And I know my parents fed the Star Wars beast whenever yeah. possible. My mom did, and would refuse to feed Kiss. Yeah, because she made a choice there. Uh, well, because she, she and she she felt there was something redeeming to Star Wars, and yeah. she didn't find anything redeeming in Kiss. Yeah, no, and
1: back then Kiss was actually considered something of a, a risque dangerous. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, a little a little dangerous.
0: Your your fandom cools. You get back into it. How how did you get back into it? We're in a house down by the beach. Uh,
1: It's a Saturday morning. Girlfriend's in the other room. I'm in the bedroom, probably still in bed sleeping. And uh, I hear the Star Wars theme on TV. So I go running in. i was like, what's going on? And it was a commercial for Micro Machines. And um, I don't know how to place this because uh, I can remember and this was before this I can remember being in a Walden's Books in Gainesville Florida where I was going to school and the Sandsuite book was on them. and it wasn't the, the just the Star White. Wars one it was Space Adventure Oh wow guide to collecting space adventure so I'm looking through it Star uh, Star Trek stuff uh, just before the sand suite and Tombush. no this was the Sansweet Tomarks and Tumblr it was uh, it was the one, it was that series it was the one before they even said let's do just a Star Wars one because Star okay. Wars was just a section of it okay um and uh I remember I remember seeing that and seeing at an antique store uh a couple of beater um secondary return characters and uh and they were like 30, 40 bucks a pop it was like Wow, Star Wars figures. And, oh, and another thing of different girlfriend, but even earlier, going with her to go buy Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles toys for her little sister. And um, in the aisle at Kmart, hadn't been in a toy in a while, and saw um, saw Robin Hood figures. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And those card backs were so reminiscent of uh, Star Wars that that jogged a little memory mm-hmm. but it wasn't until hearing the Micro Machines commercial on TV that I was like we gotta go to the toy store and of course they didn't have it in stock yet but um, that's where as an adult I bought my first Star Wars toy you know and then I, and I went along for the ride so what was the, ne- what was the next step after the Micro Machines then what, for you well the, the, the funny thing is is you know I ran over to town to get the Micro Machines and uh, they didn't have them so I think the next day or later in time not that much took a trip down to Jacksonville which we are wont to do especially back
0: then oh yeah we, we, I had the money to go there yeah
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, and you had a lot more free time let's mm-hmm. go to Jack's yep um, go to Toys R Us and they had the first ones and uh, that was the first it was strange being back in a toy store, mm-hmm. and you know, for the first year or so of starting to collect again. Because first they came out with little three packs, and then what really blew me away was the—I uh, think next was the little environments.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It was Death Star, yep. Endor, Hoth. No, no, it wasn't Death Star. Yes, it was Death Star. First one was Death Star, half a Death Star, and then one panel came off.
0: I thought I thought it was... Was Dagobah not one? No, Dagobah was later. Uh, I bought the first set. Um, and then what
1: really blew me away was uh, the first heads that uh, folded out. The heads and were cute. Yeah, and what really blew me away was the uh, 3PO one that had um, Goltal in it. Goltol was the horn guy in the cantina. Uh, the idea that someone could make an action figure of someone who was in the cantina that had not been done before blew my mind i was like yeah sign me up uh and then and then soon after that uh kenner came out back out with um the power of the force and uh had no money at the time but still found money to buy those uh and the, the first wave happened like a week after I moved to Atlanta. So the next three years, two three years, are just involved with uh, Saturday toy hunts. So much fun, and that's what that's what drove me to be on the internet
0: too. Looking for Star Wars stuff.
1: Well, looking for uh, the whole thing was looking for. Uh, previews of what was coming because mm-hmm. when we were a kid for the most part you didn't know what was coming up in the store you, you got a little booklet yeah that was all you had and if that was in there fine yeah. but you would go to the store and see something new and you'd be like
0: oh let me let me ask you this now uh, you make your own figures now I can yeah. tell you when I was in college I became aware of the whole concept of customizing because I saw people selling them in- in Toy toys. Th- yeah. yeah. Uh, stellar Toys
1: was probably the one you're talking about. <laughs> I
0: think so. Because they would do little runs. And it's
1: funny because the Gold hall that I just mentioned, and I still have it somewhere. You can put it on whatever website is going to be the companion to this. I did a whole layout of what a Gold hall would have looked like on the card back in the day and how I was going to do it. But didn't have the skills to translate it. I was in dental school at that point. Dental Technician School. Let me clarify that before people think I actually have some kind of education <laughs> um, and by looking at uh, seeing things of pre-production figures and stuff like that finding that stuff out kind of uh, backwards engineered sculpt? I sculpt incessantly as a kid but it wasn't in wax it was uh, Play-doh, clay a clay uh, an artist's clay that never hardens it's called mm. aromoplasticine mm-hmm. and I used to carve Star Wars figures in it when I was a kid mm. couldn't do anything with it I would make my own cantina guys Um, I also sculpted a complete uh, King Tut's tomb I had a book I was fascinated by King Tut as a kid Made a a tomb Out of the boxes I had the main chamber The antechambers Made everything in it Out of clay And dug it And buried it in my backyard (laughs) I don't know why Yeah so I started You know with the limited uh, Materials that
0: I had I started uh, sculpting What as an adult Made you decide to do that? Was it just I there are figures the fig- they don't make and yeah. I, I want
1: those figures? Yeah, and I wanted to continue the vintage line. I didn't want to do them in
0: new stock. That was never really my thing. Particularly not, I guess, that 1995 line. which it was, was God, no. Kind it- of almost Masters of the Universe looking. Yeah. Oh, Han Solo Flex. <laughs> I gave it a shot. And kind of
1: put it up because I didn't have the materials or the knowledge yet. But there were still plenty of good... A lot of fun stuff in regards to, you know, and, and Kenner played, uh, Hasbro played it along pretty well. What do you mean? Well, they gave you the first ones. Then they gave you the variations. Mm-hmm. Something else to hunt for. And then I remember when the Japanese girls I hung, up, I hung out with, she started collecting toys a little. And she had a, she had a dealer friend in Japan that she would buy stuff here and mail to him. And he would sell them before it was probably released over there. And she would... uh, She would send them to him. So we'd go on toy runs sometimes. And she uh, was actually Mm -hmm. able to help me out. Because... because In Japan, there was a green-tinted 3PO. It was a regular 3PO, but for some reason, the Japanese market, their 3PO was slightly tinted green. Hmm. And it was hard to get, so of course... I had one sent to me. I remember she drove across town and uh, shows up at the front door. And I had not, you know, I, I just said a while ago, I didn't know anything that wasn't coming. I didn't know this was coming when it was the ghost of the spirit of Obi Wan on the uh, the Lay's potato chips mm. So What do we do? We go out and start hitting up Lay's potato chips, and then uh, the real kicker was when Fruit Loops did the Han Solo in Stormtrooper disguise.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, or Kellogg's in general, I guess, really. Because I think they had it on Corn well, Pops, too. And... No. No?
1: Because there were three. You
0: got uh, a comic book out of, uh,
1: I think, Apple Jacks.
0: But a making of video.
1: A making a of video off of Corn Pops, I think. And then Fruit Loops was Han Solo. But I think you could use the proof of purchases from any of them. Mm. And... Uh, Darren worked at a company, my brother worked at a company that uh, did a lot of the work for Kellogg's and they had a a file room with box flats so I went in there and cleaned them out and cut up a bunch of, I should have kept the box flats. Absolutely. Uh, I only kept one set of box flats and they ended up with Gus Lopez because he's a big time cereal box collector. (laughs) But um, it was all those little things—the mail-away things—they did it right, and they just kept stringing us along. And I used to buy two of everything: one to open up, not play with, and play with, and that, that was all lost. But uh, one, because you know how valuable they were going to be. Mm. So I, uh, and I think it was like two thousand seven. Darren and I were at a toy shop. And there used to be a lot of toy shows in Atlanta. They were so much fun. And we're standing there, and there's just so much stuff all around. And I I say to Darren, this stuff's never going to be worth anything. I'm not not collecting two of everything anymore. So that's when I started ditching stuff. And my collection has been pretty cyclical. I don't keep anything, you know, I have my vintage collection. And that'll always be. But, you know, I would get things. They would come in the collection. Then they'd go out. I'm not a hoarder.
0: Let's go back to the, the making of the figures. You wanted to continue the vintage line. So you reverse engineered, basically, processes <clears throat> for putting these things together. Well,
1: seeing that the figures were actually made of wax. Seeing how the articulation was. You know, because toys are dust. What, what's the other name for it? The Star Wars action figure archive. Because Toys R Us actually tried to sue him back in the day. They didn't know he had money to fight. If you put in Toys R Us to this day, it'll take you back to the... That website has a lot of, um, <clears throat> you know, pre-production of the old figures. And even seeing the production of, you know, seeing early prototypes of the newer figures at the time it gave you an idea of how things were done. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, I actually got in contact with a guy who was a sculptor who had sculpted for Hasbro, but now he's sculpted for Fisher Price or something. And he gave me the Hasbro formula. So I, uh, you know, anything else like this in life, I would just give up after a little while or, uh, you know, not have an interest to follow it through. But I mean, the interest was really there, so I sourced out companies that sold these materials to put into the, and just by hunting them down, I found out who made DynaCast and on the materials that the old figures were made out of. <laughs> which they're kind of, they're kind of old school now. They really aren't considered. Uh, that's not what. That's not what the current figures are made out of. Well, the current figures aren't really made out of. The current figures are. Uh, build now, or that uh, that laser lithography, where they, or whatever it's called, where they layer. It, it's you know, Hasbro's gotten into digital big time. Hasbro, yeah. So. yeah. Even they're outsourcing, like Big Boss Studios. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's outsourced. If you look at the. Uh, you look at the prototypes like from San Diego Comic-Con or uh, Toy Fair real close, you can see the little striated layers of them. Hmm. So they're all built di-
0: digitally and then drives me a little nuts. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, a, there's yet another craft being taken away. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> something that could be a valuable skill if everything goes to hell. Yeah, yeah. Some is still going to need to make but
1: in an apocalyptic world, who really needs a new Admiral Akbar action figure?
0: <laughs> it's not just that, though. I mean, there are many things that I need know, to be sculpted. I know. Um, but the real breakthrough came when I was looking at um,
1: the oh. back of a. Uh, what's the name of the magazine? The little, uh, the little short magazine for special effects. About that um, big? Cinefacts? Yeah, Cinefacts. I was looking at the back. Cinefax and there was one of the chemical companies, and, uh, and they had a little ad for uh, casting resin. Um, I was like, that's probably what I need to find. So, I uh, called them up. I can't tell you how many companies I called up when I first started out. I told them that, uh, you know, in the dental business, we're starting to make reproduction molds of uh, display teeth. Can you send me samples? <laughs> So, I did the first few rounds on
0: on the dirt cheap. So, you you could not, you didn't have it in you to say, I want to make some Star Wars figures.
1: No, 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 no. It wasn't for that. It was for, I didn't consider that as real business. Mm -hmm. It was, teeth is a, that's a real business. Sure, sure it is. If I called up and said, I'm making new action figures, I could have said, I'm a freelance sculptor for Hasbro. I could have said that. Mm -hmm. I didn't think of it as a real job. The tooth thing, the teeth thing, that led to that. And, uh, yeah, I got a bunch of it. And, you know, went to town and, I can say, made a name for myself in the Star Wars collecting community. Uh, the the two big ones being uh, the, well, got a lot of hate for it, too. But I always managed that pretty well. Um all talking
0: about Star Wars? Yeah. I keep hearing it, I'm like... I have, like, Star Wars stuff all over me. I was just wondering, like, what... We're, doing. we're
1: actually doing a podcast. The podcast yeah. is called, uh... What do we call it again? Because we already do one with four other guys that we've done here before. We've done a couple here. It's called Dinner you're, for you're Geeks. two other
0: guys. It's us and two other guys. It's not what four other
1: guys. <laughs> you know what I mean. It's called Dinner for Geeks. Uh, you can look us up on YouTube.
0: No, you can't. No? <laughs> we're not YouTube. I mean, on not YouTube. YouTube
1: iTunes. <laughs> <sighs> you have to excuse me, but this is me. I don't uh, mean to interrupt, so I just kept
0: pretending. it, and I'm, like, the only one that likes Star Wars here, and they always like my books, and I'm like, okay, now I'm hearing things. <laughs> so I thought it was, like, some serious interview. Well, I thought that that is not serious. Hey, this is very serious. I mean, this is, like very, this is our life. Year, like Sadly, it's our life. <laughs> what is it about? Like, Well,
1: the the this one is about, we have different people telling their stories about Star Wars, because we grew up about.
0: with it about the original well, just about just how, period it's effect on your life where you know, w- what it's led you to what, what you gained from it how you found it you know your first experience and, you know and then our other podcast is
1: just the four of us talking about nerdy stuff yeah. over yeah. dinner over dinner yeah and I'll yeah. Have to check
0: y'all out check it out check it out and you said you, you got hate for something you didn't say what you said you were two things you were known for oh my god I got
1: Anyone who reproduces anything in the Star Wars community is despised. But I, I always made clear I but, never tried to pass mine off as real. I was going to say, if you... I always marked them such as they should be marked. And, uh, you know, I, I I dodged that bullet by doing that. You know, there are other people who... Uh, other talented guys that just screwed up their reputation totally by uh, trying to reproduce uh, prototypes and and instead of just saying this is what it is it's a custom, not trying to fool anybody there's one buddy of mine, an English guy who a hell of a sculptor but he just screwed himself over left and right because he just he was always trying to get something over on people Instead of, and everybody knew he had the talent, everybody said how well he did. But that was back when I had plenty of time to do it and uh, enjoyed doing it. But I found out the other day that I'm a has been yeah, because on another podcast, a friend of mine who's another customizer was talking, does a hell of a great job. Uh, Dayton Allen, he was on another podcast and mentioned to me as one of his early, you know, someone who helped him out and inspiration. Because I was basically the first to do uh, wax sculpting. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. How would someone else who wouldn't, who wasn't in the jewelry or dental industry, uh, even figure out that they used something called a wax pen? And they were not—they were not inexpensive. But I had one, you know, because of my job. Mm. And thus, I can't tell you—I should be getting cuts from wax. <laughs> I should have been getting cuts from companies that sold wax pens because there were cats that were willing to pony up and get involved in that way. What was the first figure you made? Uh, First figure I made was that early one I told you when I was making with dental stuff and even made the casts out of temporary material, the material that uh, is totally not suited for it. And the parts that I cast, it was
0: all trial and error. Oh, uh, it was a, all a whole bunch of mistakes. Okay. But Sculpt to Paint, was the first one you made?
1: Sculpt to Paint was uh, a vintage-style uh, cantina bar player? What do we call him? Cantina... Cantina band member? The yeah, band member. A biff? Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't going into what's it called there. I still have a hard time with calling uh, Hammerhead, Momonadon, or whatever it is. Um... I made him, I took an Imperial uh, Commander, cut, shaved off his uh, insignias on his chest, cut his hands and took his head off. And it was a pretty decent figure. Mm -hmm. Uh, Didn't get that very far with him, lost interest. That's the first one. But the first one where I really started uh, using the wax and uh, going through the whole, well, developing the process... I de- developed the process for casting because someone gave me a Zeb Klelock. Well, this is his last name. Klelock? And this was an old cast off an original one. And they wanted to make uh, Kleb Zellock. Yes. Kleb Zellock. Uh, someone gave me um, a cast of a Kleb Zellock and I took that from a one, a really nasty one-piece mold of the figure and reverse engineered it to put in articulation to cast it my big thing was uh casting in colors and and the kleb Zellok
0: was a was a very rare figure
1: yeah very rare it's part of the second series of droids figures um and that was the first one i really kind of did uh to get the whole process down i had to make a mold of him first clean up in wax make two halves of torso the whole shebang Uh, But the first one I sculpted from scratch was uh, Gargan, and uh, probably one of the nicest ones I did, uh, and made her, and that really...
0: Is that the one that showed up in Steve Sansweet's book?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's the one in Sansweet's book. Uh, And then, you know, did a few, I would do small runs. There were so many projects I started and stopped. Uh, I guess that's the ADD in me. And then the last one I really did and I never even released her just because uh, work and life got in the way. And then I waited far too long and some cat came along and he did one that I think is even better looking than mine just because it. mine probably looks the way it would have been done for Power of the Force uh, near the end of the line. His looks more probably mid-Return of the Jedi, which probably fits in a little better. Mm. The Slave Leia? Yeah, Slave Leia. At no point had I not mentioned that it was Slave Leia. (laughs) No, you just
0: just went straight to the pronouns. Well,
1: it's in there. (laughs) And so, uh, Sansweet has one of those. You mm. delivered it for me. Yep, I sure did. There are a small handful out there, uh, but I don't think at this point it will ever get...
0: Made. Did you? Did I tell you what I did? How I got it to him? You gave me a cell phone number so I could get a hold of him. Okay. And We'd been to the Rancho Obi Wan display and he wasn't there. Uh, I had to go. I was going to the uh, Leland Chee was doing the thing, uh, the Holocron uh, lecture, and Garrison wanted to go to it. And this was, you know, the trip was kind of a pro Garrison trip because it was his birthday present, sort of. And so I was letting him dictate where we went, and he wanted to go to the Holocron. And so uh, I sent Steve San- Sansweet a message, and I said. Uh, Sent a message that said greetings exalted one I bring a message from Ryan Shaw and a gift
1: (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know you did that you never told me that which that reminds me uh, someone from here who supposedly has a large collection um, I talked to him on the phone he was going out there he paid um, he won a contest or something or paid enough to go out and watch the movie at Rancho Obi-Wan the dude lives on the island Hmm. There's no reason why we shouldn't talk. I talked to him before, I called him up out of the blue, talked to him before he left, and I said, when you get back, give me a call. We can BS about it. See if you saw anything of mine in his collection. It
0: never heard a word. Is there? Is there kind of a Star Wars fan? Is there kind of an insular thing? Is there kind of a "This is mine, and I'm not going to share it with you." I mean, or is it more community? Because you hear things like that, and I know we've met some other people at different points, and, and we don't. That we've shunned. No, we did. <laughs> I'm not really kind
1: of a community or a joiner kind of guy, but uh you know. And nor have
0: I traditionally been. and Maybe that's our issue.
1: Well, I. Uh, it has waned because I don't have the time I used to, but I was pretty involved in the Star Wars uh, collecting community on Rebel Scum. Uh, I even, you know, I I would would go to cons and meet up with people I had I had just talked to on the internet. I met met the guy I talked about earlier over in London. Uh, I I played with him and, uh, you know, I could see that aspect of it. But if you can't keep up on it, you know, I'm not that much of a... uh, you know, I don't put myself I'm not on Facebook I'm not on Twitter I don't put myself out there I kind of keep to myself uh, but you know if I you know like that girl just talking to us if it comes about yeah I'll talk about it with you and if I like you enough we'll continue some that's how you and I met yeah, yeah, yeah I called you up because you kept on talking about uh, Star Wars on the <laughs> thing which was very strange of me to do to pick up the phone and call somebody else up hey you want to talk to Star Wars?
0: <clears throat> <coughs> Pointing out, you were well, probably 27, 28 when that happened. Yeah. So was it wasn't... Yeah. What's your favorite figure you sculpted?
1: The Favorite one that I sculpted?
0: Ooh, I didn't know you were going to ask me this one. No. Uh, I didn't want rehearse the answer.
1: Yeah. No, I did a... It was early on, and I only made, like, very few. I did a gold tall. And I did them in realistic. My favorite sculpt is not a Star Wars sculpt. I sculpted up a 1 6 scale skull. And uh, I and I did some 1 6 scale Star Wars. I did a snaggle tube that looked really good. Uh, I like the Slave Leia. Love the Gargan. But uh, I have to say the favorite was the Goltarl just because, you know, he kind of brought me around. Um, I didn't add as much. And I didn't do them in vintage style. So it couldn't. I was able to do a little bit more of the sculpting of him, and I, you know, I don't have a copy of him. I don't have. I don't think I even have any pictures of him.
0: What about your entire collection? What's your favorite thing? What's your favorite thing you ever owned? Uh, there's only one. Th- I have.
1: Uh, I have the Greedo I had when I was a kid, and that will probably there is a great picture of me. It's probably, you know even though it's me, it's probably one of the greatest pictures of a kid with his Star Wars figures when he was a kid because it was a candid shot. My mom was trying to kill a roll of film. So I'm sitting there and I'm just playing with it and you can see the fascination. You can't even see my face, but you can still see the fascination in it. Um, I'm sitting in the van and it's sitting there and, you know, I was a destructive kid. I was Sid from Toy Story and destroyed basically everything I had uh, but for some reason, I kept the Greedo. And because it was such a well-designed figure and his gun would not come out of his hand. I still have his original gun. Uh, mm-hmm. And that romoplasticine clay I was telling you about, there's still bits of it. wet well, smeared into the back of his, you know, how his, his, his outfit is quilted almost. It has the rings on it. Yep. Still smashed into it. I would never get rid of that. Uh, the fi- it's not even Star Wars, but it led... To it from Star Wars is, uh, you know, I told you how uh, fascinated I was with the whole process of the prototypes, but I have uh, the prototypes of the Butch and Sundance line that Kenner was going to make and didn't. And those are probably the pride of my collecting just because back in the day I, I, I wasn't, probably could have. If I wanted to make the stretch, but I never really wanted to put any kind of real money into my collection, and I could have, early on I was offered, and the sales were much more public, buying Star Wars prototypes, um, but I wanted some kind of prototype, and these things were so cheap back then, I wanted something that came out, I wanted to hold and really look at the process, and I did just didn't have to do it on Star Wars prices and good god I wish I had ponied up because the prices of Star Wars prototypes have gone insane
0: but you bought Butch and Sundance prototypes, Kenner prototypes. <laughs> yes I did yes I did um what has Star Wars brought to your life that you didn't expect
1: oh this is too heady of a question this I can't it's part of it I know I can't, I can't say really uh it brought out probably you know uh, Uh, my artistic tendencies, you know. I had somewhere to focus it. I mean, after that, what the hell am I going to do? I'm going to do paintings of butterflies and and kittens? No. I I had to, you know, people express it the way they, they, they can, and that's the way I express it.
0: Where is your Star Wars story at this point? It's waning. It's near its end.
1: I'm not even excited so much about the new movies uh, it hasn't been it hasn't been there for a while you know I still dig the uh, discovering things about the movies uh, but you know I don't want to spend money on toys anymore I will sit here and there just because that's a that's a hard habit to break that's a very hard habit to break um but I don't see myself buying too much of the new figures
0: though I do have to say that is quite a switch from a few weeks ago when you said you were going to buy any of the new figures
1: (laughs) well well, no it depends on if um, well I can't say that because you know new figures will be they will still release uh, they will still release original trilogy in the new lines that's just what they do And I will... uh, I will buy those. If there's an alien design that is just awesome, and it speaks to me somehow, how am I not going to buy that? Uh, And I'll tell you the truth, I'm... I'm kind of feeling the love for uh, the new five uh, points of articulation figures. I showed you that Stormtrooper I bought. It's probably one of the best Stormtroopers they've they've done. Uh, They're doing a Boskin that style, and... For some reason i have new found love for Boss. But I'm also... Uh, my real fascination and love for Star Wars is a very narrow window. It's... And I've been even more nostalgic about childhood lately. Uh, and it, 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 it's that, that point before Empire, you know, when, when Star Wars first came out and it was absolutely everything brand new and uh, I was even looking at something last night and I, I, my favorite thing is, is finding things that little memories and seeing it again and I was like, holy cow, do you remember the punch it out and make it books? Mm-hmm. Totally forgot about them. Someone put on the board about they remember to punch out Han Blaster and someone came back to us like, it wasn't Han's blaster, but maybe it was this and so I go and tracked it down I was like oh my god I remember that didn't have it I remember friends who had it Yeah. but uh, went on eBay started looking for it I think I got one uh, that's coming up um, on uh, eBay ending soon and if I can get it for cheap enough I'll buy it but it, it's, it's those weird little things that uh, you know you weren't completely sure where the saga was going at that point I'll go see the new movies I can't say for now but uh, you know I took that ride one time before. I took it as a kid, took it as an adult. Uh, I don't know where it's going to take me this time.
0: Thanks for being a part of the Star Wars generation. Thanks for listening. And check back soon for another edition of My Star Wars Story.